This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome to the Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Productions, Townsville's Triple TFM and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. This show got its name from the 50s writers that inspired so many musicians and each week we look into music and artists throughout the years that changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world. And a podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple and Spotify, along with some of our other shows, including The Bad Boys and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then please leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week as we take a look at the rise of soul. I'm Shane Bryan, and this is The Beat Generation. The Beat Generation, the original writers of the 50s, Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs, and to some extent, Gregory Corso, were the typical example of white middle-class America. Yet they wrote about suffering in the 40s post-war counterculture that was rising. At the time, how could they have known that their words would not only serve as an inspiration to a generation of music, it would also become the foundation for many movements that would challenge the norm of American middle class and have a ripple effect out to the rest of the world. It was the end of the 50s. The Freedom Riders had yet to travel across America and JFK was still working up to the delivery of his famous speech in Washington. The musicians at the time, white or black, had been inspired by his words and the music of the Freedom Riders came to offer their support. Suddenly, the black tones of gospel, blues and roots were given a voice and a label, Motown. It had risen to promote black artists. The label had an important role to play in fashioning soul music in this new era of freedom. Now Motown was just one label, one of the first that embraced the new genre of music and has also become synonymous with soul. It became a voice that was heard on the top 10. In fact, Motown had 79 top 10 hits in the 60s, but that isn't really where the story starts. Soul music had arrived and in 1959, Sam Cooke became the father of soul with his song, What a Wonderful World, It was an echo of the change that was to become the civil rights movement five years later. His efforts and contribution to soul had a profound effect throughout the years on other soul artists like Aretha Franklin, Etta James, Al Green, Stevie Wonder and of course the incredible Marvin Gaye. He's even been described as the inventor of soul. In 1964, a song was released that became the anthem of the civil rights movement. That song was A Change Is Gonna Come. And that's where we start with our look at the Beat Generation and the rise of soul. This is Sam Cooke, and a change is going to come. 1964. I was born by the river In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long But I know a change gonna come Oh, yes it will 
and roots music has always been the staple diet of American culture. However, with the rise of soul and the establishment of the civil rights movement in the 60s, a new brand of music was on the scene, a genre that three labels in particular grabbed hold of, Stax, Atlantic and Motown. They all became the voice to the world of the civil rights movement, taking the music of Africa and directly influencing the world of rock. It dominated the R&B charts, it gave gospel some funk and it breathed life into blues and roots. It offered a change from chains to liberty and a newfound African-American consciousness. It was individuality. It was the true revolution, not the one being protest against in Vietnam. This was happening on home soil. This was the music of the beat generation that they wrote about years ago, the great refusal against racism. Soul music joyously and innocently demanded the right to be different. Soul was woven into the fabric of the civil rights movement and nearly every song that had any sort of message was snapped up by the movement and used. In 1965, that song was People Get Ready, a Curtis Mayfield composition that was considered by Rolling Stone as the 24th greatest song of all time. Ironically, it was another 1965 song, like a Rolling Stone, by the original Beat Generation artist and civil rights campaigner Bob Dylan that was hailed as the number one song by Rolling Stone magazine. The influence of the Beat Generation was evident, and none more so than in the heart of Mayfield and his song that was rooted in the long tradition of black American freedom songs that used the train imagery like the gospel train or swing low sweet chariot. 
I'm Shane Bryan, and this is The Impressions with People Get Ready on The Beat Generation. It seemed that Soul was moving hand in hand with the black preacher from Atlanta. One singer who originally backed Martin Luther King and his peaceful revolution was Nina Simone. However, she became increasingly convinced that the non-violent method was having little effect. Eventually, she supported Malcolm X and the black nationalist movement. In 1967, she recorded a song that was written by Billy Taylor for her Silk and Soul album. On the Beat Generation, here is Nina Simone and I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. 1967 I wish I knew how it would feel to be free I wish I could break all the chains holding me I wish I could say all the things that I should say Say I'm loud, say I'm clear For the whole round world to hear I wish I could share All the love that's in my heart Remove all the bars That keep us apart I 
Well, it was 1967 and one female artist was moving past the peaceful cries of Martin Luther, beyond the overtones of black militant Malcolm X. If Sam Cooke was the father of soul, then Aretha Franklin was the queen. In fact, Sam Cooke tried to convince Aretha Franklin to join his label, but ultimately she went with Columbia. However, it was short-lived and she moved over to one of the three big soul labels, Atlantic, and, well, the rest, it's history. With 18 Grammy Awards and 112 singles, this song is easily her most recognisable song. Released in 67, it was also the one that became hailed as both a civil rights and a feminist anthem. In 68, the song gave her a Grammy, a day in her honour proclaimed by Martin Luther King Jr. just two months before his death, and she graced the cover of Time magazine. That song, of course, was Respect. 1967.
After the death of JFK, soul music started to change. Some artists were becoming more and more entrenched in the black militant groups like the Black Panthers, while others were following the Beat Generation's inward change ethos. Soul became split into groups. Detroit or Motown Soul, Memphis Soul, Chicago Soul, New Orleans Soul, Philly Soul, and then of course there was Psychedelic Soul, a blend of psychedelic rock and soul music paving the way for artists like Jimi Hendrix, James Brown, Stevie Wonder, and a band that combines social commentary with pop sensibility, Sly and the Family Stone. In 1968, we saw the release of their first number one single, a song pleading for peace and equality, and it was backed up by the fact that the band was one of the first major integrated bands with whites, blacks, men and women in the lineup. The song's been covered by Joan Jett, Maroon 5, and possibly the most famous one, Arrested Development. Here is Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone on The Beat Generation. 1968. At the age of 20, an unknown artist called Richie Havens landed in Greenwich Village, home of the Beat Generation. It was his second time there. 
The first time, he was on a poetry expedition. This time, however, it was different. Audiences lapped up his blend of folk and soul, and by 1969, Havens had five albums released and his Woodstock appearance catapulted him to stardom. On stage for three hours, he'd run out of material, yet the audience wanted more. So he improvised a song based on the old spiritual motherless child. It became a massive hit, possibly his biggest song ever, Freedom. Finally, he recorded it in 2009 for the soundtrack for the movie Taking Woodstock. Here is Richie Havens and Freedom. 1969 Freedom 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 Freedom
that was Richie Havens with Freedom, and you're listening to The Beat Generation. We'll be back with more Beat Generation soon as we explore music that changed the world and the rise of soul. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews... And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have, but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Productions, Townsville's Triple T FM, and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. I'm Shane Bryan, and thanks for joining us as we continue to take our look at the rise of soul this week. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and of course our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. Well, the 1970s had arrived, the civil rights movement was gone, and the inner city living, especially in Harlem, was on the rise. In fact, the 70s were the worst era in Harlem's history. For the next few years, many songs would come out that focused on inner city life and the struggle to rise above the poverty line, which became a reality for so many people. Two artists came to the forefront of the struggle to bring light to both poverty and personal respect. Marvin Gaye, who we'll hear from soon, and Curtis Mayfield. By 1970, Curtis Mayfield had split from the impressions and he released an album that many have compared to the great Marvin Gaye. While many of his songs were rooted in gospel, Move On Up was an encouragement to get the most out of life. The song originally hit the nine-minute mark but was edited for the US market. And here is Move On Up by Curtis Mayfield on The Beat Generation. 1970. Hush not, child, and don't might understand you by and by Just move on up toward your destination Though you may find from time to time complication And don't cry 
Well, the flip side to Curtis Mayfield's cry for betterment was Marvin Gaye asking what was really going on with a song called Inner City Blues. It was a raw commentary on what was really happening in Harlem and inner city life in general. The album What's Going On was proclaimed as the album which changed black music forever and it's one of the greatest socially conscious music albums of all time. If the beat generation had started in the 70s, then Gay's portrait of life would have been the setting. Here with the 1971 hit Inner City Blues, the extended version including the What's Going On reprise, Marvin Gaye on the Beat Generation. 1971.
Everybody thinks we're wrong But a mother Who are they to judge us? Mother, mother Simply calls me where I am on I'm Shane Bryan. Welcome back to The Beat Generation. Well, an important entry into the rise of soul music and The Beat Generation was an artist that became a massive part of Motown and the soul family. Signed to Motown when he was only 11, Stevie Wonder had been a massive driving force in soul and has been named as the United Nations Messenger of Peace. Now, although he appeared to be influenced by Marvin Gaye's social commentary, Stevie Wonder had tapped into the same consciousness of Gaye and at the same time, set about producing a series of albums that touched on the social problems of the world. The first album, Where I'm Coming From, failed to make an impact. However, the next couple of albums established wonder for his distinct clavinet sound. Superstition and You're the Sunshine of My Life, two singles from Talking Book, won three Grammy Awards between them, followed a year later by the album Inner Visions, which won a further three. Now, ranked as one of the greatest albums of all time, Inner Visions featured one of his most famous tracks ever, written and recorded in just three hours. Dealing with the concept of reincarnation and rising above the inner city struggle, Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder, here on The Beat Generation. 1973 
Well, the year was 1973 and a movie hit the screens at the end of 72 that brought light to the world of Harlem. Across 110th Street was one of the first movies to really show the tragedy of inner city living and the crime that ruled the streets, even more so than the movie Shaft, which appeared on the screens a year earlier. Soul singer Bobby Womack was asked to write the score and he nailed it with the title track, Across 110th Street, a struggle song that showed the issues that really existed in the world of Harlem. Here is Bobby Womack and Across 110th Street on The Beat Generation. 
Welcome back to The Beat Generation. Another song that made its way onto a soundtrack by an artist that impacted soul music and gave it a Beat Generation spin was Shining Star by Earth, Wind & Fire. With a funk soul sound and a revolving door of members, Morris White's band impacted the west coast of the US with their infectious sound. The movie was That's the Way of the World, and it was about a record executive portrayed by Harvey Keitel that was being pressured to promote a white pop act over a black funk and soul band. It was an interesting commentary of the time given the massive increase in artists thanks to Motown and similar labels, but it delivered the same message that the likes of Mayfield and Sly and the Family Stone had been preaching. A personal evolution that was going to really have an impact when soul gave way for the rise of hip-hop in the 80s. Well, that's us for another week. Join us next week when the Beat Generation looks at the rise of 80s music for a cause with our special episode, Everybody Wants to Save the World. Here is Shining Star by Earth, Wind & Fire. I'm Shane Bryan, and this has been the Beat Generation. 